right, everybody, we're going to stand together. We're going to worship our God. He has done great and mighty things. We're going to lift up his name today. Here we go.
good to be with you all this morning. My name is Drew. I was here a couple weeks ago. It's so good to worship with you this morning. I just want to share with you one of my favorite verses today. It's just going to set the tone for the next song that we're going to be singing together. And it's this. It comes out of the book of Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And it says this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins that's true for every one of us today that god is is inviting us in he's welcoming us back he's trying to restore the relationship that was once broken between humans and him and we can all have forgiveness and be in his kingdom today so as we sing this next song it's called holy water it's just an opportunity for us to to reach out and seek that forgiveness from god and be brought into his kingdom
All right, kiddos, if you are heading out to children's ministry, why don't you come on over here by Miss Me, Miss Lori, Miss Sam. Come on over, friends. I always love it when kids, you know, when we're crying on the way out. <laughs> All right. What's up, friends? Doing well? Good this morning? I think Megan's going to pray for us. So can we get everybody's attention? Okay. Let's listen. Megan's going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing everybody here safely today. And thank you for the sunshine. And just please be with the kids as they go to the classes and learn about you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Megan. Hi, guys. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you all this morning. Good to be able to worship together and uh, join together as we come together in community. Uh, one of the cool things about today is our third Sunday potlucks. Um, so we've been doing this every month. We're going to continue to keep doing this as a way to keep building friendships. I want to invite you to come join us. If you don't have something and didn't think about it, don't worry. Come join us. For some reason, we can always find more food. So don't worry about that. I think, I think we're good. Um, in, in, at any given Sunday. Feel free to hang out. I know we packed this room up really quick, and many hands make for light work, but that doesn't mean you have to leave and stop conversations, things like that. So uh, certainly always feel free to, to hang out, talk as much as we come in and enjoy donuts and coffee, grab a cup of coffee at the end too. And uh, you know, mid-sermon, feel free to step on out and grab a coffee as well. I won't get offended. I can live with that. Um, again, too, just in terms of connections, I want to remind us every once in a while, you can, um, if you want to get connected here a little bit more, want more information, text CONNECT to 616-202-1210, 616-202-1210. So just text the word CONNECT, there will be a little form there, or if you need prayer for something, text PRAY. Or if you want to be able to give, you can text GIVE. So that will all direct you in the right ways to go. Uh, the other thing that I want to go through before we get to this point at the end of the message and we come to the Lord's Supper to communion. Today we're going back to what is our normal practice of taking a piece off the bread loaf. Uh, you can take a piece and dip it in the cup. We ask that you take a big enough piece though so you're like not dousing your hand uh, deep within. If you're not comfortable, because um, listen, we still live in this kind of COVID, post-COVID world, uh, maybe you weren't comfortable ever with it, that's okay. Uh, we still have our packaged cups. You can feel free, come through again as we receive those words. This is the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Um, receive that blessing as you go through, whether you take a piece off the loaf, whether you dip it in, whether you grab that cup. Um, the, the thing about communion that's a beautiful thing is that God takes ordinary things and communicates his extraordinary grace. Do I know how that works? Well, I know it happens through his Holy Spirit. Beyond that, it's above my pay grade. So 
With that being said, this morning uh, for our kind of community prayer, uh, instead of inviting us all to pray the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to use the Lord's Prayer as our guide. One of the things that if you kind of wonder how you can pray, the Lord's Prayer is a great way to guide how we can talk with God, guide some of our thoughts, guide, focus our attention. So we're going to use that this morning to focus our attention. So I want to invite you to pray along with me today. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, we talk to you when we pray. We have the great privilege of climbing up into our daddy's lap, who loves us, is for us, and is with us. God, that you actually care about our lives, you're deeply connected to us, that we have a relationship with you because of Jesus. God, thank you that we can, we can talk to you, and thank you that you're holy as well. Thank you that you are like no other. As much as you're this loving parent for us, you are beyond what we could ever think of. You are God. That means you're bigger than our circumstances. You're bigger than our situations. You're bigger than, than what life can throw at us. Father, we need to continue to, I know I do, rest in your bigness. Because if you're for us, then who can stand against us? Lord, we also pray this morning that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, as we think about families that are facing the challenge of cancer, we think about still how COVID is touching the lives of communities. We, we think about a war right now in Russia and Ukraine. We think about Genocides that continue to happen in Africa. We think about injustices that take place even within our own communities, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. God, we need your kingdom to break through. We need your ways to be our ways. We need your will, Lord, and not ours. So we pray that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, you also welcome us to, to ask you to give us our daily bread, to be reminded, and Lord, we're going to be reminded of this truth today in your message, that daily dependence upon you is all we need. I want more. I want to know what tomorrow may bring. I want to know what next week will be. I want to, I want to have security, Lord, in things like job and in, in our home and in what's happening certainly in our communities God, you don't necessarily promise all of what that looks like. You promise that you're going to be with us and you will be enough for today for us and you will make sure that we have enough to face this day. So God, be our daily bread. Help us to be and live in dependence upon you. And Father, forgive us our debts, our sins, our brokenness. Forgive us for the mistakes and the missteps, for the, the accidents in our life, the things we did on purpose, we, the ways we knew better and still decided to go our own way. God, we can ask for that forgiveness because you are good and have forgiven. But Lord, we recognize that we need you each and every day. So forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. God, that we've also been called to forgive those who have hurt us, who've done evil towards us, who have wished for the worst, who have chose to see the worst, not the best, who treat us by the ways we have failed and and haven't offered us forgiveness. And Lord, we we get hurt and so we want to fight back. Lord, help us live with a spirit and a heart of forgiveness to those that we're around. Because it's forgiveness and love that will continue to break down the walls that we so quickly and easily build up. Father, and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Guide us. Continue by your will in your life. Lead us by your spirit. Help us to know the way of life and to walk in it. Lord, not only so we can taste and see your goodness and we can taste and see the goodness of life, but Lord, that others would see your goodness through us. God, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's children said, Amen. Hey, John, can you do me a favor? I got a little ring in my voice. <laughs> As we uh, dive into the message, we're continuing in our Lent series uh, called Enough. Right? And in Lent is a season where we recognize our humanity, we recognize our need for Jesus, we recognize our need for the cross and resurrection. We know that, that we aren't anything without God's goodness to us, without his breath breathing life to us. Right? That's a sure thing in life. I don't know about you, I, I think God's got also this other wonderful joke during the season of Lent, you know, where we're humbled, and that is he puts March Madness in the middle of Lent, right? And how many of us are humbled by our brackets every year, right? Every time we think there's a sure thing in, the, in March Madness, in the, in the NCAA tournament, guess what? It's probably not. Right? I don't know about you. I, I look for sure things. I need sure things, right? I need to know tomorrow's going to be okay as much as I need to know today's going to be okay. I need to know that the, the ground on which I walk isn't going to give way. You know, I, I've shared before my fear of heights, right? Bridges, yeah, I need to know that they were constructed well so that when Aaron walks on them, they don't just magically poof, right? I've watched one too many movies, right? I, I need sure things. We are people who need sure things, but oftentimes what happens is that sure thing we, we anchor ourselves in, we hold on to, isn't necessarily the sure thing that God has in mind for us. That we create sort of the myth of a sure thing. We create ideas and, and then put our dependency in stuff that was never meant to hold our lives that couldn't sustain life for us, that can't, when it hits the fan, keep everything from rattling out of control. Right? God does this as well for the Israelites in our story today. As we continue to journey through Exodus, they were reading from Exodus 16, and you see we're, we're in this time of complaint and provision. We see how God provides, but the Israelites, like us, really like a sure thing. But here's the thing, when you get taken out of one place and thrust into a desert, while a desert is like a land flowing with milk and honey, 
Uh, no. <laughs> I've been out in the desert once, out in Oman, the country of Oman and the, the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, and been able to be out in the desert, been able to see that that vast nothingness is kind of a scary thing. Right? Especially at night when it gets dark. And there's nothing around. There's no lights in the sky. And you're like, whoa, wow. I'm in the sea of unknown. Well, this is where God brings the people when he rescues them from Egypt. Right? He doesn't immediately bring them into Canaan, into the land flowing with milk and honey. He brings them into a desert. And what we're going to hear this morning is he brings them into a desert for a reason. He's trying to help the Israelites see that the things that they leaned on in the past weren't what could hold them. And in fact, that's what they were crying out for. They were saying, rescue us. And he's like, okay, I will. And I'm going to show you that I'm the one you can depend on. The reality in life is that's easier said than done. To lean in to God, to rest in dependence upon him, it's a great idea but man, when the anxieties of today hit us, when we're wondering about what's next, it's a little different story. So this morning, we're going to read through chapter 16. We're going to kind of take it in different sections, and I'll make some points as we go. Uh, but I want to invite you, Exodus 16. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus. So if you've got your Bibles, it's a really thin portion in the front. So in Exodus 16, this is God's word for us this morning, starting in verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they'll follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they're to prepare what they bring in, and that's to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So, Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you'll know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening. And all the bread you want in the morning, because he's heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. Right? They come to this point. I don't know what brought Israel to this point. I know that they've been out in the desert now a month and a half. 
Okay, so let me just pause. How many of you ever lived in the desert for a month and a half? Right? That's a lot of sand in your teeth. Okay? A month and a half. Now, they left, they left Egypt with livestock. They left Egypt with supplies. But you got to figure, after a month and a half, a whole community of people journeying out in the desert probably started to run a little low. Or you get somebody kind of pragmatic, like myself. And you look ahead and you go, wait a second. The resources we have, the amount of people we have, two more weeks and we're going to be out of it. Anybody else? Right? Some of us are just looking at what's immediately around us and go, man, this is crazy. We're, we're, we're losing our materials. Others of us look ahead and go, hmm, I know one plus one equals two. Right? And in that moment... Whatever it is, though, the Israelites, they, they think about some certainty they had in Egypt. Remember last week, we, we said maybe it's this phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. They at least knew the devil they, th that they did, who was Pharaoh to them, was the Egyptians to them back in Egypt. And now, I don't know about you, but when anxiety hits and we get into some of those remember when moments, we don't always think incredibly clearly. And sometimes we like to change the story a little bit. How many of you have ever embellished on a story in the past? Right? When we get anxious, though, we embellish the story. Why? Because we're afraid. Right? That's a real emotion. And you see here, there's a grace of God even in the text this morning. Does God go, hey, Israel, shut up or I'm going to smite thee. Woo! Right? <laughs> Watch it, or lightning bolts are coming down. No, we hear again, God hears their grumbling. God's attentive to their cry. He understands when we're afraid. He understands when we look out at our resources and sees them dwindling. And in his grace and his mercy, by not smiting them off of the face of the earth, he does what? He said, I'm going to provide for you. Why? Because the reality of life is this. Is Pharaoh in Egypt, right? Pharaoh and the armies, they may be gone, right? They were washed away in the sea. But Egypt oftentimes still has a hold of our heart. Right? Where we've come from and what we know, the provisions, the ways that we think it should be, right? If I go and I work my job, I should get a paycheck, right? That's a sure thing, until all of a sudden that sure thing is no more. Right? How often are we banking our lives on sure things? And, and God's saying, listen, I'm bringing you into a desert to realize that the things that you built your life on, the things that you hold near and dear for your sure thing aren't a sure thing. I am. I'm the one you need to trust in. I'm the one who will provide for you. Let's continue this story because he promises them food, right? Well, a promise is great. Let's see it in reality. Verse 13, that evening quail came and covered the camp, right? Birds came. In the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, the flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. Now, when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? Right? They looked at, at this stuff. It's called manna, and manna means what is it? Wow, that's an original name. Right? What is it? 
They didn't know what it was. Now Moses said to him, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Did you hear that? Everyone's to gather as much as you need. It's not everyone gather exactly this. It's all equal. No, everybody gather what you need. Right? And take an omer for each person in your tent. In verse 17, the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it to the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Huh. Pretty amazing. And Moses said to them, no one's keeping any of it until the morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Right? God gives more than a promise to the people. He gives them their supply. He shows them that he is their daily dependence. Right? That he is the one they can rely on. Not Pharaoh. Not the pots that get exaggerated. Because I'm sure when they were crying out in Egypt, they weren't all too thankful for the meat they had to eat. And I'm guessing it wasn't quite a feast. It might have been just enough. But again, our fears of the unknown, our uncertainty of what's ahead, might cause us to embellish where we've been. Right? The reality, though, for God is saying this, I am the one you can trust in. I am the one who's going to carry you through because without me, you ain't going to make it. I'm the one who has rescued you, but I'm also the one who will care enough to supply what you need for this day. Right? God's inviting us into that freedom. Into a freedom of daily dependence that's found in Him. Right? Where there is always enough. Not on brackets that are bound to get busted. Right? Not even on our jobs that could be here today and gone tomorrow. Not in our toilet paper supply, if you all remember this that we once thought would be at grocery stores. <laughs> it's amazing how we build our lives upon things that cannot hold us. And God wants to get a little of that Egypt out of us, doesn't he? He invites us into the desert to show us not that he doesn't care, but that he does. And we can rely on him. Well, the story's not done about God's goodness to his people. Because it is nice to know that God's got me every day. But once in a while, it's nice to know that he's got the future as well. Amen? Right? That he's got tomorrow. And God gifts the people with something else. Continue on in verse 21. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. When the sun grew hot, it melted away on the sixth day, though they gathered twice as much. Right? If we remember back to the earlier part of this chapter, I'd say for the Sabbath... For them, it was Saturday, this day of rest. I want you to gather twice as much on Friday before so that, what? You have enough for that extra day. So on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest. Right? Sabbath means to cease. To actually come to the end. To stop. 
possibly even come to the end of yourself. But a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath, that means it's set apart. Holiness means that it's set apart. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, boil what you want to boil, save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded and what? It didn't stink and get maggots in it. Wow! So God may actually know what he's doing. Right? Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You'll not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you're to gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people, they went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Right? It's a hard thing to continue to trust for either the daily dependence. It's a hard thing to trust for that future dependence to God. Bear in mind, the Lord has given you this Sabbath. That's why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one's to go out. So, here's, here's the writer of, of Exodus. So the people did what on the seventh day? They rested. They stopped. Right? No grumbling. No complaining. Sabbath was meant to be a, a, a day of peace, of shalom, of calmness. They could rest. Why? Because they knew God would provide, He did provide, and He will provide. We're going to call this a Sabbath supply. That God doesn't care just about taking care of our daily needs. He doesn't promise that he's just going to take care of our daily needs. He promises us that he will take care of our future needs as well. And he's inviting us to rest. Jesus reminds us that Sabbath, that man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was intended, as God rested on the seventh day, was was intended to be a day where we actually stop in life, where we come to the end of ourselves and say, the world actually doesn't need me and it doesn't revolve around me. I'm actually invited to breathe, to rest, to be okay. But let's be honest, I'm not going to be okay if I don't trust that what I need is going to be there. And God in his goodness reminds the people, I've got your daily bread, right? Jesus, the prayer we prayed together, invites us to what? Ask God constantly, God, give me today my daily bread. But by also commanding the Sabbath, a day of rest for us, and inviting us into that rest, he's saying, you, I'm inviting you in to trust that I've got tomorrow too. Jesus actually says later in Matthew 6, he gives us the Lord's Prayer early in Matthew 6. Later in Matthew 6, he says this, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Great, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> right? Again, a lot harder said than done. But I can live into that rest. I can trust that rest when when Jesus says, hey, look at how the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the air, see how my God takes care of them and how much more will he take care of you? We see again a story of God's people brought out into a wilderness, brought to the ends of themselves, 
literally Shabbating, Sabbathing. They've ceased, they've stopped, they've come to the end of themselves. They're in complete dependence. And what does God do? Does he let them down? No. If anything, they do, right? That's, our, that's part of our job. We let God down all the time. Amen? <laughs> right? That's, that's my MO. That isn't God's. And I'm never going to put that on God. I may be fickle. He isn't. Especially when it comes to his promises. Speaking of those promises, he invites them to do one more thing and this leads us into the promise of communion that we share today. Verse 31, the people of Israel called the bread manna. What is it, right? It was white like coriander seed. It tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for generations to come so they can see the bread I give you to eat in the wilderness that I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. Right? Keep a piece of this so you'll always remember. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer, omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant of the law so that it might be preserved. And the Israelites did what? They ate manna for 40 years. 40 years in the Israelite community is an entire generation of people. They ate manna for 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. And then there's this slight little blurb of FYI, an omer is one-tenth of an ephah, which is just about three liters. Right? God goes, I want you to take a little bit of this and I want you to keep reminding people because I don't know about you, I need to be reminded that God is big enough and cares enough to take care of my daily needs. Amen? I need to be reminded because I am fickle. <laughs> I face my fears every day. And nobody else, you don't have to face my fears and I don't have to face yours, but nonetheless, we both face fears and trials and anxieties and even the chaos, what seems like chaos in our world. And we need those constant reminders that God will provide. And we need Sabbath regularly to remind us that God will provide in the future so we have a piece of bread and we have a day to keep reminding us that God in his transcendent, remember I gave us two words at the very beginning of this sermon series, Good big old theological words. Transcendence and imminence. That God is big enough, not bound by anything, so if anybody can provide, he can, and he cares enough to do it. He's imminent. He hears our grumbles. He hears our cries. Our heart may not always be in the right place, but his is. And thank God for that. See, God was good enough not just to leave a little omer of manna for us to remember that provision by. God actually said, I'm going to send my son. Jesus, in John 6, said to the people, said, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Right? It wasn't Moses. It's my father. And my father gives the true bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's what we celebrate today in communion. This is our way of remembering. This is God's gift to us in very self. His body. His blood. This morning as we take communion, I'm going to invite folks. I know it's a little weird. We're getting back to it. But I'm going to have you kind of come. A logical flow is to kind of come down this center aisle and go off to the sides. There will be servers on each side. Sharing words with you again, this is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Take a piece, bread, dip it, and remember that Jesus is the true bread of life. Jesus is God's provision for today and for tomorrow. And while we may fear, God certainly is with us in that valley and will overcome our fears. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. They were remembering that Exodus moment, a Passover, how God provided. And he said, in that moment, this is my body given for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup that they had shared He said, this cup is a new covenant. It's a new promise in my blood. This is for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. If those who are serving will come forward this morning. (laughs) And then there's the quiet. (laughs) And I'm going to say a prayer and I'll invite you all to come forward. And again, if you don't feel comfortable, there are going to be cups over to the sides. Feel free to grab those. Um, So if you all head to the sides. Um, And if you still don't feel comfortable, know that you by in no way negate God's promise for you. That God is still for you and not against you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are our provision. That we can depend on you daily to take care of us. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to have more than we know what to do with. It doesn't mean that it may not feel like sometimes we're just skating by. But you will provide enough for today. And on top of that, God, you hold our future in your hands as well. And if you clothe the grass and you take care of the birds in the air, how much more will you take care of us? So Lord, may we rest this morning in, the, in freedom and the rest that's found ultimately in you, Jesus. Bless these gifts of bread, juice, and by your Spirit, make them the re- known to us, make known to us the reality of your grace in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray and all God's people said, amen. You may come forward for all things are ready.
Now, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. The only way we can be certain we can have hope is in the resurrection of Jesus. We stand on the one who has defeated and conquered death so that we might live. What better provision is there than that? And what better promise do we have than to stay anchored in him? So as you go, receive this blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his smile that you can experience the smile of God and his peace, his shalom. Through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Again, if you want to join us for potluck, please do. Otherwise, if you don't mind,